0: a bunch of screaming and applauding and all that, but we had nine projects Friday and Saturday with over a hundred people serving all across southern Oklahoma City. Is that not incredible? Listen, and the reason I want, I want to drive that home because everybody in here that I know of, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, has jobs. We have things to do. We have families to raise, all those kind of stuff, and you set aside time this week, schedule it into your life to go serve other people. To take somebody else, take their hardship or take, their, take them some lunch or something like that and just be a part of Jesus loving on them. And I so appreciate being a part of an incredible church like this that we're able to do that. And I want you to know, like on Serve Day, our, our goal ultimately is to win them to Christ. But we're not presenting a message that day. We're being the message that day. We're just going out there, and we're loving them, and we're hoping that when we visit emergency rooms and love on the, the doctors and the nursing staff, and we go to the fire stations and love on them, and we go to all different kinds of places around the city and to help them, that it starts a relationship. And you know what? When they go through times of need, when they go through times of questioning, when they go through times of struggles in their life, you know what they think of? That church that came and loved on us. That church that came and helped us. And we can be a little glimmer of light that leads them in the right direction in their life. So, I'm super thankful for everybody that came and uh, participated in that yesterday. And if you didn't get to, just remember this feeling right now. This, This, I wish I was there. Feeling. And next time, be a part of it. We have some that are super simple, super easy, and some that are much more involved. So you can be a part of it however you want. So, today we're in the middle of man, this is this is like the middle of summer. Are y'all excited? Like this is how many are hot weather people? All right, how many are cold weather people? How many are medium weather people? Yeah. Well, you shouldn't live in Oklahoma if you're a medium weather person. Yeah, we have about 175 days of summer. We have 2 days of fall, 175 days of winter, 2 days of spring right and those have tornadoes on those days so yeah but i love it i love it i love being able to be outside when i want to even though it's hot you just kind of you know you just kind of gauge it do an hour here go and take a shower uh wait a couple hours go outside work for an hour come in take a shower you know you have to you have to do that every time but we're in the middle of a series called summer at south point i really hope you've been enjoying getting to hear from our staff um, they have been giving you their 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 most important thing God lays on them. They've been speaking to you, and uh, we have a couple more for you over the next month. And uh, I'm just I'm just excited. I love to hear it. I love to see them test the water. Some of them this is the first time they've spoken to adults and uh, or in this arena, and uh, it's exciting to hear from. Them. I love Pastor Aaron's last week. the The fact that he can sing and preach, I'm kind of a little bit jealous, but. Um, it's okay. We're all just here as a team, here to support each other, so um, I I hope he has the opportunity to do that again in 10 or 12 years, you know, so that'd be awesome. (laughs) He did way too good to do it again quick. Hey, I want to encourage you, if you have your orange bulletin, you may want to use those today, because this message today, you will need. You may not need it right now, I can admit that, but you will need it in the future, because I'm going to talk today about the storms of life, and some things that are amazing the way God teaches us, the way Jesus teaches us in Scripture. I want to take a passage today and unpack it for you and to help us so that when we go through different storms in life, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not just talking about, I'm not just talking about the ones that, that we get in Oklahoma with the rain and the lightning. I'm not talking about that because when people see you in those kind of storms, they know what to do, right? Has anybody ever been in a, a neighbor or a family member's storm shelter because you didn't have one? Come on, I, yeah, I've been in several of those throughout my life. And when people see you in, in, a, in a physical storm like that, they know to give you an umbrella, hey, hop in the car, come in the house, uh, here, in bad scenarios, give you a boat, you know, like hop in the boat, that kind of stuff. But I want you to understand today, the storms that I'm talking about are more kind of the secret storms of life. You know what I'm talking about? The, the health storms in life, the, the financial storms in life, you don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand on those. But the emotional storms in life, the the physical storms of life, the career storms in life, the relationship storms in life—everybody, every one of us, go through that. And I and I find it uh, very revealing that throughout Scripture, God, multiple times, through many, many, many times, gives us analogies of storms, gives us physical examples of storms, and then teaches us emotional things from those spiritual things from those, physical things from those. So I want to read you a passage this morning out of Mark chapter 4. And uh, let's unpack it a little bit. So if you have your, uh, your version app, you can follow along or the, the bulletin, or we can put it on the screen here. Matthew chapter 4, or Mark chapter 4, I'm sorry, verse 35. It says this, as evening came. Everybody say, it's getting dark. Yes, as evening came, and that's important. Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat. And started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But there was a fierce storm that came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Elbow your neighbor said, that one was for you. All right. Verse 39, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Woo! Even the wind and the waves obey him. How many of you know when you get in a a thick storm? You know there's jokes in Oklahoma about we stand in the front yard, we watch the tornadoes go by. I've done that, but anybody ever done that stood outside and watched a tornado? You're you're a rare breed. You do know that, right? Well, that's fun. And I've done that too Just a couple of years ago We were at my mother-in-law's uh, She lives in Williamson Farms I have a cellar We were over there eating in the storm that When the big one came through And we watched it come right up the highway And, and hung out east And went off through more And she's in the storm cellar Screaming bloody murder at her son-in-law To get in the storm cellar now And I'm like Neither, I can see it. I mean, it's, right, it's just right there. It's not a big deal. It's a mile and a half, two miles away. We took some pictures of it. Well, th- that's cool when it's at a distance. But how many of you know, if, if you're in the middle of a storm, and it gets dark, and the, like these guys, the waves are crashing onto the boat and, and into the boat in your storm of life, that it can be pretty scary. You know what I mean? Like if you've ever been, we had a staff member a few years ago when it hit, when it hit more, and uh, people lost their lives, thousands of people lost their homes, and, and one of our staff members was in their storm shelter, and their house was completely, about 90% destroyed, and they just could get this, the cellar door open about about 10 inches, and they could reach their hand out, and they were waving at people, and they, people came and dug them out and everything. And they said, listen, we were standing outside watching it, coming right at us. We kept thinking tornadoes never go straight. They're going to zigzag, you know, and go around us. And when, it finally, when we finally decided it's coming at us, it's zeroing in on us, it changed everybody's train of thinking. Nobody's playing around. Nobody's joking. Everybody hit the cellar. And that's the way it is in a storm. When, when the waves start coming over the boat, when the boat starts filling up with water, time to quit playing games, isn't it? It's t- time to wake Jesus up. And, and I want to tell you, as we get into this message, as I unpack this today, I want you to understand this umbrella thought. It's You're actually not in your notes, but it just, over this week, it's just been over and over and over in my mind, is to not be, don't mistake, how about this, don't mistake the presence of a storm in your life for the absence of Jesus in your life. Okay, don't mistake because you're in a storm or a storm is on you or you're going through it or the waves are crashing in that Jesus isn't there. And I feel like that's part of the point of what this little this little text is going to go through today is to help us to understand that Jesus is the Lord of the storm. He, He does some of his best work in storms. Did you know that? If Jesus ever says, hey, it's time to go take your next step, be careful because there's usually a storm between one and two prepping you for that next step. But don't fear. Jesus is in that storm. And and that's the first point. I want to bring out some things that the storms bring with them today. The storms bring with them when they come into your life. And the very first one, the storms bring with them fear. The storms bring with them fear. Fear like you've never had in your life can come in a storm, in a health storm. In a, in a relationship storm, thoughts that you've never had before, they come in those storms. Reactions that you didn't even know that were inside of you, they spring up in those storms. But I want to encourage you today, and I want us to, to set a direction in our mind to not let fear be our default in the storms. It's very natural, and some people even say it's smart. Oh, you need to be afraid. And I say, no, you need to have faith. You need to have faith. I'm not talking about tornado storms. You need a shelter, okay? That's it, period. Y'all going to write that down. You need a shelter. But in, in our storms of life, you need Jesus, period. You need the Lord of the storm. You need him walking through you. He knows where you're going, where you've been, and what you need right now. You, fear can, can change our lives, too. Have you ever noticed that when you experience something traumatic in life, how it can change your approach to that thing? for the rest of your life? I remember when I was about second grade, we were playing with a whole big group of kids at the park, and this kid comes up, and he's got this, this scroungy, mutt dog. And a bunch of us guys were like, what kind of dog is that? It looks like he's made of about 40 different kinds of dogs. That is the single ugliest dog we have ever seen. And we just kind of started, you know, making fun of this kid's dog. Like, it was our friend. We weren't trying to make him mad, I think. I don't know, the second grade, so who knows how that goes. But he started pushing the dog at us, and the dog's trying to bite, and we're kind of laughing and everything, and he finally just throws the dog at me, and the dog latches on right here. Speaking of tornadoes, I go into second grade, Ah! and this dog is hanging off the whole time. I'm screaming and, and hollering. And I went to beating that dog. I don't know what kind of damage a second crater could do, but I was at max power, you know, as uh, fast as I could. The dog finally lets loose. He tore my side open. Ended up having to go to the hospital and get sewn up. We had to go get the dog and have him tested for rabies. I wanted to test his owner for rabies, but they wouldn't let us do that. But for the rest of my life, not for the rest of my life, for the rest of my childhood, when I would come up to dogs, I'd pull out my knife. I'd grab a stick. I'm like, listen, these little suckers latch onto your side. <laughs> never have been bit since. And, and, and thank the Lord, I never had to knife one of them either. But have you ever noticed when you experience traumatic things in life? That was, I tried to not use something super emotional there. Because we've all experienced things like that in life. That can change how we see. A lot of what Pastor Aaron talked about last week, our perspective. It can change our perspective on how we see storms in life. If you've ever lived through a tornado and it has taken your house, you approach tornadoes different for the rest of your life. If you've never been near one. My wife a few years ago got caught on the Kilpatrick. She was calling the office and saying, hey, is it safe to come? And I was like, yeah, sure, come on. You know, and She drove and she ended up getting caught. She parked under an overpass, which they say you're not supposed to do. She didn't get out. But she sat and watched as it went in front of her, tore out all the trees, knocked over the gas station, all that, and went on within about 150 yards of where she was parked. And can I tell you, to this day, if a tornado warning happens, she's not getting in the car. She understands the best place for us to be is at the house. We're not, we're not leaving. It changes your perspective. Fear of what happened last time. Fear of what I experienced when I walked through Fear of yesterday, what I experienced in that storm yesterday. And that's exactly where these guys were. They're yelling at Jesus like... Come help us, because they're afraid. They, do you think that the disciples have ever heard of anybody drowning on the, on the water when the storm comes? Sure. They have probably had friends. They, they fish for a living. It changes your perspective on how you see things. But can I tell you something? That that very struggle that happens in your storm is preparing you, maybe even setting you up for the next success that God wants to do in your life. The struggle in the storm... Is preparing you for what's next. See, what Jesus never tells them in this moment is, do you know what's fixing to happen? Do you know what's fixing to happen in like 30 minutes or an hour from from that storm? If you read on in Mark, not part of the the message today, I'm not going to give you the text, but if you read on in the chapter of Mark, they pull up on the shore. Everything's calm. They pull up on the shore, and guess what happens? On the side of the hill on the shore is a cemetery, and a great big guy comes out with no clothes on. And he's all cut up, and he has chains on him, and he's demon-possessed. You know what Jesus in the storm was trying to prepare these guys for? The real spiritual battle's coming. I want to prepare you for tomorrow. I want to walk with you through the storms of life and allow you to grow and to become strong and become full of faith and confidence in what you can do in your faith in Christ. Man, I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are shouting today. But I understand. It's storms. Storms in life. We all have storms in life. Don't let fear take over your faith when you're going through a storm. Amen? Don't let fear become the dominant emotion in a storm. You you have to do what that next fill in the blank. You have to fight your fear. That should be our learned response. It's not a natural one, but our learned response is to fight our fear. You know, they say there's a flight or fight response in each of us. In each situation that comes to us, we either want to fly, we want to run, or we want to fight it. But, but I would say in our storms of life, it's very similar. We either have fear, or we will determine to fight this. And I want to tell you that once we understand the perspective, when we're fixing to get to the Jesus asking them some questions, once we get there and understand that Jesus is with us through every storm, he wants to train us to fight that fear in your life. Don't let it direct you. Don't let it help you make decisions because you can make misguided decisions when you're led by fear. Amen? You can can make really poor choices. You can go back to things that you were set free from 10 years ago because that brought you comfort in the last storm. Don't let the fear become your your dominant or your default emotion. Make it faith. Fight for that. Fight for your faith. The, The second one is... The storms will also try to get you to question God. Didn't get one amen on that, but every one of us should have. It'll try to get you to question God. See, if you read in verse 38 that we just read, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Everybody, Jesus was relaxed. He was full of faith. He was calm or nuts. Either one, he was calm in the middle of the storm. I like to, I like to understand that he's the son of God, but the disciples think he's nuts, right? The disciples, listen, they, the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? How can, what, like what good is it for Jesus to even be in the boat if he doesn't care? Whew, we're getting in deep waters real quick. No pun intended. Jesus is in the boat, but if you're not going to come to our aid. Jesus, do you really care? That's what they're asking. If they would have just came to him and said, Hey, hey, Lord, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but we're starting to get overtook you know, by some water and the waves. Would you mind whoop, whoop, doing a little something and fixing it? Jesus may have stood up and gone, "Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you guys believe I can do this. Be still. That could have been it. But the fact that they're freaking out, they're losing their faith, the fear is their default response. They're shouting, Don't you care? Because they don't believe that he cares. Jesus, how do I know you care if if my marriage is coming apart? Water's coming in the boat. Do you care for us if I'm going bankrupt? Storms of life. Do you care for me if I'm struggling with my health and the doctors can't figure it out? Do you actually care? Do you understand, church, like storms are to help us understand that Jesus cares for us. And it is so hard if fear is dominating your train of thought. You ask crazy questions like, Jesus, don't you even care for us? Instead of, Lord, I know you didn't cause this storm. I know you didn't do this on purpose. But I also know that you're you're in this storm. That some of your best work that I see throughout scripture is actually in the middle of storms. See, if you if you look in Mark, like I just said, and Understand that they're fixing to row up on a, on a shore and Jesus is preparing them for what's fixed up. He understands around the block or tomorrow or next year. He understands there's a demon-possessed possess, guy that's coming out that has a legion of demons in him that could change the lives of these disciples if they don't have enough faith. So th- he, he said, let's go ahead and row out tonight. Let's get out on the water and let you encourage your faith. Maybe test you a little bit. Maybe check your, your faith a little bit to see if what, you can, what I know is coming tomorrow, if you can handle that. You, do you realize that almost all through Scripture, when God says, Okay, you're here and we're going to go to here, that there's a storm between that to prepare them for here. And you just look at when Moses led the Egyptians out of Israel. Oh, can you imagine? This is 400 years of slavery, 400 years of being mistreated, 400 years of our family members dying, and we're finally getting set free. And there they are. A couple of days later, they're at the Red Sea. There's nowhere to go, and Egypt's army is coming down on them, going to kill them. Do you you remember their questions? Hey, Lord, did you lead us out here to die? Did you lead us out, out of Egypt just for the Egyptians to come kill us? They're asking us, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you see where we are? Don't you understand the storm that we're in? And if once you start reading Scripture, can I tell you how important the Bible is to read? That'd be a good spot for an amen. Can I tell you how important it is for you to know Scripture? Because when you read this, starting in the book of Genesis, over and over and over, and hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of times, and you get to see that most times that when people get stuck in storms and they turn their faith to Him, you know, and I read that, Something crazy happened in that one in Exodus. That Something that really never happened before to save people. That God actually opened up the sea and led them across on dry ground. Isn't that incredible? Nobody would ever believed that God saved them out of their storm that way. And then you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're going to get thrown in to the fiery furnace because of their faith. Hey, Lord, didn't you tell us, let's go to the other side of the lake? Didn't you set us free from Egypt? Didn't you give me this job? Didn't you lead me into this relationship? Come on, somebody's not helping me preach. Didn't, didn't, you, didn't I try to give you everything to get me to this spot in life? And then why am I here? What am I going through? And I read that this crazy story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Benigo, they put these three guys in a fiery furnace. What a weird, twisted mind that came up with that for, to kill somebody. I'm going to throw them in the fiery furnace because because they wouldn't bow to my statue. And one of the coolest things ever that I want you to understand is that when they looked in that fiery furnace, they said, are are those three guys dead? And he said, no, 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 no. Not only are they not dead, but there's a fourth dude walking around in there that looks like an angel. Do Do you understand that Jesus is in the storm? He's there with you. He's wanting to see, what are you going to do? Are you going to grab a hold of fear and scream, I can feel the wind on my face. I'm going to scream, I can feel the water in my feet. Right? I can see the boat coming apart. This is why scripture says that the righteous do not live by sight, which is distracting, lying, deceiving. It's so weird to even say that. The righteous don't live by sight, but they live by sight. And every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Every promise that comes from his throne. The righteous live by faith and not by sight. One of my favorite parts of that whole little passage is Jesus. They said, do you not care about us? And do you realize what he does? He pulls the old rabbi stunt on them. He takes their question instead of going, of course I care about you. You all failed. We're going back to the other side. Instead of that, what he says is, he says, why are you so afraid? Well, we're in a boat in the middle of the ocean, and the winds are blowing on us, and the waves are coming over the boat, and we feel like we're going to drown. Is, is that why you're afraid? What, what's the worst case scenario? We could drown. And you leave this planet, worst case scenario, you leave this planet, and you're in the perfect world of heaven, Right? Worst case scenario. So, you, so the next question, he adds in, do you still have no faith? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Because I just taught you a couple of chapters ago that if you just have a little bit of faith, you can move mountains. If you just have a little bit of faith. I wanted to check because the way you're talking in the middle of this storm in your life, it's like you've never been to church before. Like you've never heard Scott rant about being in a storm. Right? That's the way you're acting. Do you have no faith? Or or do you have a little faith? You don't have to have tons of faith. But if you have a little bit of faith, you can take these mountains or slash storms of your life. You can take these things and you can move them by your faith. You can do incredible things. That's why I tell people prayer not only changes the situation. Sometimes it changes the situation. But every time it changes the person praying. Oh, it's the secret of prayer right there. You ought to write that down. Most of the time, many times, sometimes, depending on what your situation It'll change the situation, but it'll always change you and how you see that situation. It always changes your perspective. It always encourages your faith. Jesus asked them, what are you afraid of? Let's talk about that. What are you afraid of, and do you not have any faith? Do you have no faith? Because I know you do. We've already talked about this. You do have faith. And if you have faith, you can make it through this storm. And if you have the right kind of perspective through the faith, and don't let fear steer you, but grab a hold of your faith, not only can you make it through the storm, you can be better on the other side prepared for what God is allowing to happen next. Woo! There's a bunch, few little verses. But let me just tell you, here's the last part. It's not what the storms bring with them. It is, if you can default to faith... Train yourself, teach yourself throughout your life to default to faith instead of fear. If you can help yourself to not ask questions about your faith to God, but questions about your obedience to God in your life, then number three, in the middle of the storms, Jesus brings peace. How crazy did the disciples deserve it? I, I look at that story, and go, you know, if that was me, I, I think I would just go, I'm sorry, Lord, I don't even deserve to be your disciple. I can't believe we've been hanging out together, doing ministry, me watching you do miracle after miracle, teaching all these incredible, profound things that I almost can't understand. And we get in a boat and I lose my entire religion over some waves. But that's what we do in our lives. We get a notice in the mail. We get a call from the bank. We get a text from the doctor. And everything just falls apart. And in spite of that, if we'll stop... And say Jesus is on the boat. Let's wake him up. Let's let's turn our situation around, and let's call upon His name, and let's take this storm to Him versus the storm bringing it to us. Let's take it to Him. Jesus said He stood up, and He said, "Silence." Another version says, "Peace, be still." And the waters calmed, and the winds calmed. and amazing? You're still in the sea. You're still in the same location. Just the circumstances had changed. And I want to encourage you today from God's word. I was actually sharing with one of our staff members about this. Studying this message. Looking through so many storms throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And thinking about in my life. So many storms that we've been through. And how in the middle of it, when it got down to, I've done everything I can do. you You know what we turn to? Well, I guess we've done everything. We might as well pray. What a sorry individual I am, right? That's the way I used to handle everything. dude. Because that's, that's how I'm wired. Do all I can do and let God make up the rest. And through stories, over and over and over again throughout Scripture, God has said, why, why, don't you, why don't you have a prayer with me every day? Why don't we build a relationship? So when storms come up, your first response is not fear. It's, oh, I just read about this two weeks ago. I know people that have been through this kind of stuff. And it's the same thing. I shared the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with you. Do you know what those crazy three said before they were thrown into the fire? They said, King, you know that we have served you faithfully. And if your judgment is to throw us into the fire, then we're going to pray and ask our God to save us. But we want you to know this. We believe, we have faith that he can save us. But even if he doesn't, We're not giving up our faith and we're not bound. Can I tell you that people like that have faith. People like that have enough faith to move mountains. And when I started repeating those kind of things, I said them because people in the Bible said them. That's how spiritual I was. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said it, I'll say it. Moses said it, I'll say it. Deborah said it, I'll say it. And then over time, through other storms, they became me. They became my prayers. Hey, Lord, I actually believe that. I'm not just regurgitating scripture. I actually believe that. I want you to know I'm going through this storm. No matter what happens, I'm good. This doesn't dictate your presence. The presence of a storm doesn't negate the presence of God. You're with me all the time. You're with me in the great times, and I give you credit for everything you've allowed me to do in life. And you're with me in the really tough times, in the storms. And I'm training myself to not let fear dictate it so I make poor decisions and wrong decisions. I'm training myself to have faith. And these things that I've been training myself with, it's becoming my prayer. It's becoming my declaration. It's becoming my faith. Yes, Lord, you want to ask me that question? I have faith now. I've decided ahead of time. I used to tell my wife, when I would come to these crossroads, I would say, Babe, I want you to know, we would pray with somebody in the church, and they lost a loved one, and, oh, was, you know, maybe a week of three of those. You know, in the church, there may be, you you may not have two or three loved ones throughout your life. That is a tragic loss. Well, as the pastors, we're dealing with most of those, everybody. So in a month, we may have two or three every month that kind of thing and we had one of those months that was just tons of tragedy and loss and I remember sitting down and our kids were little and I said hey I just want you to know I'm going to serve Jesus whether my kid dies of cancer or not and Jenny was like would you be quiet don't say that and I said no if, if, if I'm mangled in a car wreck and I have l- lost my feeling and ability to walk from the neck down I- I'm going to serve Jesus no matter what He's the God in the storm. He doesn't abandon me in the storm. And I went through several scenarios and she was like, okay, that's all I can handle. But I'm like, for me, I needed to, I'm like, I'm reading about those people. I don't want to wait till I get in the storm to go, so what do I do here? I want to be able to decide now, no matter what I go through in life, no matter what storms I go through, it does not change my faith. My faith will not be converted to fear. I've read the scripture that says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I read the scripture that said, me and God are a majority who can overcome God. Now, I've read verses all throughout scripture where people that I believe to be normal, just like me, have been through really terrible times and they have decided in the storm, he's going to be my Lord. I'm not changing teams in the storm. I'm not letting doubt decide it. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen. And here's how I want to end today is the last couple of days just praying. God, how are we going to end today? Listen, I'm smart enough to know that with this many people in the room, we have storms that we're going through. But I want to use this as an opportunity. We're going to sing another song in a minute. But I want to use this as an opportunity. What do we do with the scripture, this verse, this passage, what we've heard today? Let's put it into practice. Let's make it our faith. Let's right now, as I pray, And if you're going through a storm, will you just tell him the same thing? Say, Lord, I declare it. I'm not going to respond by fear. I'm going to respond with faith. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to draw nearer to you. And between storms, I'm going to build a relationship with you. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to learn your word. I'm going to learn all these other storms and see how people successfully navigated them with your help. Let's pray that together. Lord, we love you today. We're so thankful for your love for us. So thankful for your word that we have such an uh, available ability to us. I can study it. I can read it every day. I can get on my knees. I can stand on my feet. I can pray and build a relationship with you. Lord, I pray today for everyone in this room that are going through storms. No doubt there are people that are going through storms. I had no idea that we were gonna sing this song, Tremble, that you calm the storms. I believe you're speaking to people in this room right here today, Lord. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would do what only you can do. That you would stand up to your feet, Lord, and you would speak peace into their lives. That you would reassure them that you've never abandoned them in the storm, that you're going to be with them through every step of their life. That was the last words you spoke. And I will be with you to the end of the age. Lord, I pray you would remind them today that you are with them in their storm that you're going to see them through this, that they will turn to you, that you will create great amounts of faith in their life, that you will grow them into the person you've designed them to be. You will walk with them and teach them your ways, how to perceive life, how to successfully walk through life with faith. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you for loving us. We're going to spend this next couple of minutes worshiping you and reminding you and ourselves that you are the God of the storm it does not change in your name we pray amen amen would you stand with us and let's worship jesus you make the darkness tremble jesus jesus you silence fear called sing jesus jesus you make the darkness tremble